1 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to be looking <coughs> at verse number 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, actually, actually let's start at verse 9, it'll give us some context, and down through verse 11. Verse 9 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, or Lord Jesus, and by the Spirit of our God. When I was a boy, and it's, it's true, true, true today. I shouldn't say when I was a boy, but my mother, my mother has a set of cutlery that is silver. And I don't know whether it's pure silver, but it's, it's, it's valuable. And she keeps it in a special wooden box. It's velvet lined. It was in the little, we called it a buffet. I don't know what it was. It was a chest that sat at the end of the kitchen dining area. And it was in there. Nobody went in there. Nobody touched that stuff. The only time that we ever used that cutlery was when we had special guests over. My mother sanctified that cutlery. Now, when I say she sanctified it, the word sanctified means to be set apart. Mom didn't pray over it and do some spiritual ritual over it. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying there's a sense in which she set it apart and said that is special. She inherited that silver cutlery. She only used that for special occasions on special times, the rest of the time it sat in that wooden box with the velvet lining tucked away in that special chest, and we never saw it. Because it was sanctified. It was set apart. Spiritually, sanctification means to be set apart or for sacred use. To be set apart for sacred use. Mom's sanctified cutlery illustrates the sanctification that God does in our lives as children. The Word of God is, uh, that, that tells us this, it says here, he calls it sanctification. The word sanctification is very closely related to holiness. They both come from a, a similar root. And God begins this process of sanctification in a person's life when they repent of their sin and they put their faith in Jesus Christ. It starts at salvation, just like that. And he sets us apart as holy for his service. You know, that's why the New Testament often calls the believers saints. The word saint comes from the same word as holy. It means holy ones. Hagias, the holy ones. And God sanctifies us when we get saved, when we put our faith and trust in Christ. Now, it all falls into the, uh, a pattern of these marvels of salvation we're looking at. All right. Now, as I said, when we started this little series on the marvels of salvation, it's very difficult, probably impossible, to say an exact order that they take place in because many of these things probably take place instantaneously. All right. But it begins with propitiation. I think we can safely say that. 
Propitiation, remember, is when Jesus Christ paid the debt in full for our sin. He paid all of that debt. There's nothing left for me to pay. He paid it all. Propitiation. And then redemption is when Jesus Christ, through that payment, purchased me, set me free from sin, and set me free from the bondage of sin so that I am no longer uh, doomed for the damnation of sin and hell, nor am I bound to have to yield to sin. And that is true with you as well, if you know Christ. You've been set free from sin. You do not have to yield to sin. Now, we often do, but we don't have to because we've been set free. Then we saw justification, one of my favorites of all. Justification is that he made us clean, purely clean. When he washed us through the propitiation of Christ and his redemption, he justifies us, makes us just like we'd never sinned. We're clean from the inside out. It is a judicial act of God where God says, you are now clean and you are pure before us. And we look at ourselves and say, Lord, but I don't feel very clean. Yes, but God looks at us from his perspective and said, the blood of Christ has washed you clean. We're justified. Then after... Well, I say after, but in line with that, there's regeneration. Regeneration, we saw, that is when we are made a new person. We become new creatures in Christ. Because of the propitiation, redemption, and justification, God makes us a new person in Christ, gives us a new heart, a new desire, a new passion, and he puts a, a new, uh, his new spirit in us. Then there's reconciliation. Because of these things taking place, We can be reconciled to God. We can now have communion with God. We can now talk with God. We can now go to the Lord in prayer. We can, we have an open uh, line with God. Why? Because of, of that reconciliation. He's mended that breach that was between us and God through these other things that took place. That brings us to sanctification. Next week, we're, Lord willing, we're going to look at adoption. But sanctification, sanctification, as I said a moment ago, is to be set apart for sacred use. Now, I put a little illustration up here for us today, and it's pretty crude, but hopefully it'll help us to understand. I got three blocks here, just rough, old, scruffy blocks of wood. All right, if you can't see them, kind of move around till you can. I want you to be able to see this. All right, and I'm going to let this box that's got this black cloth over represent the world that we live in. And these blocks are just sinful people that live in the world. That's just, that's the way it is. They're, you know, the world's full of sinful people. And that, that's our world. And as we look at this topic of sanctification, I want us to use that illustration to help us to understand some things. Now, the Carm Theological Dictionary says that sanctification is the process by which the Holy Spirit makes us more like Christ in all that we do, think, and desire. True sanctification is impossible apart from the atoning work of Christ on the cross because only after our sins are forgiven can we, be, uh, can we begin to lead a holy life. All right? You cannot be sanctified, you cannot be holy, you cannot be a saint before God without Christ's payment for your sin. It doesn't work that any other way. You can't. And yet there are a lot of people in our world And I'm going to have this nicer little block. It isn't, I wanted one a little bit prettier, but this is the best one I could find at the time. This one's going to be, it's a little different. It's, it's going to be my right, uh, self-righteous person. 
Okay? You've got all these sinners in the world, but some people are like this nicer block, and they, they go to church, they say the prayers, they may have even prayed a little prayer as a kid and said, I want to be saved. And, and you know, they're, they're, they're religious, they're, they're decent, nice people. But they still don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They're still a square block in a square world separated from God. And it's important for us to see that because when Christ saves us, he sanctifies us and makes us a new person. You know, unlike most of the marvels of salvation that we've looked at, all of these others, sanctification comes in three parts. Now, I want to explain those three parts to help us understand. First of all, the moment of salvation, the first thing that happens is you get positional sanctification. Positional sanctification. By positional sanctification, what I mean by that is that when you get saved, God changes your life from a squirrel, scruffy block into a nice, polished, round one. Round pegs in a square hole don't work very good. And we're still in the same world, but we've got a new life. We've been sanctified. We've been set apart. We're not like we used to be. We're different, made new from the inside out. He's reconciled us. He's made us a new person. He's regenerated us. We're totally different than we were before. And so this round block here is going to represent the believer who's sanctified, set apart. Positionally, God said that person is sanctified. He is holy. I have made him holy through the blood of Christ. I paid for his sin. It's washed clean. He is holy in my sight. And yet he still lives in a sinful world among sinful people and is tempted to do sinful things. But positionally, we're set apart unto God. Now, I'm, if I get a little bit confused here, I'm trying to illustrate instead of follow my notes. <laughs> so bear with me, all right? I, um, as we look at this here, sin always separates man from God, who is intrinsically holy. Sin always separates men from God. And these sinful people in our old world are separated from God because of their sin, not because God doesn't like them. God loves them. But they're separated from God because of their sin. The person who has trusted Christ and has been set apart, he is sanctified, and he is one of God's children now, though he still lives in this world. And you know, that describes, I hope, most of us. Can't see your heart, but if you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have been sanctified. You're a round peg in a square hole now. It doesn't work very good. The old world just doesn't fit like it did before. Things aren't the same as they used to be. You can't be as happy in this old world as you used to be because you're not the same person anymore. You've been changed. God has sanctified you and set you apart for his glory. And you, you are set apart for him. And he paid for your sins in full. Now, this is positional sanctification. Position. It puts us in that position of being sanctified. Positional sanctification changes our standing before God. Before salvation, we were positionally unholy. All right, before salvation, we were like these others that were just a square block, you know, just a dirty old square block in the old square world. We were separated from God. We were not clean before God. We were not holy before God. We were sinners. But when we put our faith and trust in Christ, God made a change in our life. 
And he sanctified us. That's what sanctification is. He set us apart. Just like my mom's cutlery. She set that apart. We never, I mean, us kids never ever dreamed of of going in there and getting out that silver cutlery and, and having breakfast with it. Not a chance, man. We wouldn't do that. We would have been in big trouble. That was sanctified cutlery. Set apart for something special. And God says our lives are set apart for something special. He's got a special purpose for your life. He says you're different now. I've made you a new person in Christ. I've changed your life. I've made you different. You are now round in a square world. And you just don't fit like you used to fit. I have changed your life. I've sanctified you. I've made you for myself to glorify me. Sadly, some people are like this religious block. They go to church, they say their prayers, they go through the motions. If you were to ask them, are you a Christian? Oh, absolutely, I'm a Christian. But if you ask them how they know for sure they're a Christian, and does your life match up with that, they kind of fall short on what to say. Because nothing really has changed in their life. It's like it always has been. They live the way that you always have lived. They're friends and good friends with all the people of the world because that's what they feel comfortable with. And there's nothing really changed in their life. You know, when Christ comes into a person's life, he changes us. Our text verse says, and such were some of you. Now, did you see that list of sins? I mean, he he didn't miss much. Talking about fornicators, that's all the people in the world that are having immoral sex outside of marriage. Idolaters, worshipping idols or worshipping the materialism of the world. Adulterers, those that are unfaithful to their spouse. Effeminate and abusers themselves of mankind are both talking about forms of Homosexuality, thieves, covetous, drunkards, extortioners, stealers, thieves, you know, another kind of thievery. God says these are the things that you were. And such were some of you, but now you're washed. You're sanctified. You've been made holy. You're you're not a square peg in the old world anymore. You've been made holy. I've fixed your life. I've changed you. I've made you a new person. You are holy now before me. You are mine. You're set apart from all the others that you might be used of God. Those who walk away from God, you know, and all of us can probably think of somebody like this. They say, I, I, I know... I know Joe Blow, you know, that he used to, he used to be a Christian, but now, oh no, he, he doesn't go to church at all. And you try to talk to him and he'll, he'll send you off with a swearing. You know, and he doesn't want anything to do with God now. You say, well, I wonder what happened to him. How, did he lose his salvation? Well, the scriptures tell us pretty clearly in Hebrews chapter 12 that Christ will chasten all those who are his. Hebrews 12 verse 7. But he says, if you do not get chastened by God when you sin, God doesn't discipline you. You're fine with sin, and you can just go on with it, and it doesn't bother me. He says, you're not mine. You've never been mine. You're a bastard, not a son. 
You're illegitimate. You're not mine. So any person who can walk away from God and never go back to God, no interest in God anymore, just leave me alone. I'm not the slightest bit interested in it. And I know people like that. It breaks my heart. I know people that used to come to church faithfully. And now, they don't go anywhere to church and they, they don't want anything to do with God. They don't want anything. They just turn their back on it. Well, they didn't lose their salvation. You can't lose salvation. They just never had it. Whatever they had didn't last because they were like the parable Jesus gave was a sower in the seed and some fell on the weedy ground and some fell on the stony ground and it looked like it was growing but it never produced anything. And so it never came to fruitfulness. Sadly, many carnal Christians do not live like sanctified saints. Instead, they shame the Savior just as a wayward child shames his parents and family. And this brings us to the second aspect. This is the first thing we've looked at. We've looked at the positional sanctification. So if you know Christ your Savior, you have been made new. You are no longer a square peg in the old square world. Enjoying all the rot of the world. Now you're a new person in Christ, but you're still in the old world. You're positionally sanctified, holy, a saint. Secondly, we see the second aspect of sanctification is present sanctification. Now, there's theologians have called it different things. Uh, some call it experimental sanctification. Others call it practical. Others call it progressive. I kind of like the progressive idea because it is something that takes place all through the rest of our life. It progresses, or supposed to. But whatever you call it, it doesn't really matter what you call it, but we're dealing with this present sanctification in this world. How does God change us in this world? What does he want from us? You know, after we have been positionally sanctified, God wants us to be... lost part of my illustration here. Uh, God wants us then to live a different life in this world. God wants us to be a shining light in this old world. I'm not going to light it since we don't want to start fire, but... Uh, he wants us to be a shining light in this world. He wants us to grow more like Christ. He wants our life to become more of what he wants. That is progressive sanctification. Becoming more like Jesus. We sing those songs, more like the master I would ever be. That's progressive sanctification. Becoming more like Christ. And a true Christian needs to live a holy life to glorify God. Remember, we've been set apart. Now, God gives us several things. I, I call them divine aids that can help us to be a sanctified Christian in this whole world and to let our light shine and to draw closer to Christ and become more like Jesus Christ. Consider these things. These will be a help to you. Number one, we have God's word to guide us. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hidden mine heart that I might not sin against thee. The scripture is important to help us to become sanctified in this life. Yes, we're positionally sanctified. We'll never lose our positional sanctification. But God wants us to progress in our sanctification and become more and more like Jesus Christ. Now, that's not to earn our way into heaven. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with pleasing and glorifying Christ. He left us here to serve him. 
Remember, he set us apart for his service. And if he set us apart for his service and we don't serve him, he's not going to be happy. Remember the illustration Jesus gave of the, uh, of the fellow that was going to go away on a long holiday and he, he divided up his income among his servants. One he gave a larger portion, another one he gave a medium portion, and another one he just gave a small portion. And when he got back, he says, use it and invest it, and you, you know, when I get back, we'll, we'll settle up. And he got back, and the first guy had doubled what he got, and he blessed him, praised him for it, and, and he, he was rewarded. Second guy doubled what he got. He got rewarded. The third guy said, well, you know, Master, I knew that you were a tough guy, and so I, I took it and I, I buried mine, so I didn't lose it. And here it is. You got it back. And he says, you wicked servant. I gave it to you to use. You didn't use it. And you know, there's a lot of Christians in the world today that are genuinely saved, but they're, they're like that servant there that doesn't use what God has given to them. They just go through life pleasing themselves. They're trying to be more like this guy that's just kind of faking it. Uh, but they're, they're, they're genuinely saved. Some people are genuinely saved. and They live in the old world, but they don't have, they don't have any light shining. They're just there with no light shining. They're not growing. They're not drawing closer to God. They're just holding on, buried their talents, and waiting for the Lord to come back. And when the Lord comes back, they say, Oh, Lord, here I am. And God says, You wicked servant. You didn't use what I gave you. I want you to serve me. I want you to be a light in the world. I want you to be a blessing. I want you to share the gospel with others. I want you to pass out tracts. I want you to be a testimony. At the very least, I want you to live godly. I don't want you sitting there listening to the dirty jokes at work and laughing at them. I don't want you looking at the filth on the Internet. I don't want you looking at pornography. I don't want you looking at that. I don't want you doing those kind of things. I want you to be godly, be separated, be distinct, be different. Let your light shine. Progressive sanctification starts with the word of God. Number two, another divine aid is Christ interceding for us in heaven. Romans chapter 8 and verse 34. Who is he that condemn us? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Jesus Christ is an interceder for me and for you. If you know Jesus is your Savior, he is interceding for us. What is he doing? He's saying, Father, keep them safe. Keep them from sin. Help them to do what's right. Help them to walk true to you. Help them to let their light shine. Help them not to be like the world. They're in that world, but Lord, don't let them be of the world. Help them to be different from the world. Help them to be unique. Help them to shine for me. And he's there interceding for us and asking the Father for our help. The third thing he does for us is he gives us the indwelling Holy Spirit who enables us to live in victory. That is such a blessing. We read in Galatians 5.16, Paul said, This I say then, Walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He said, As a sanctified saint, If you will walk in the Spirit, stay close to the Holy Spirit of God. Let Him lead you and guide you. Spending time in the Word, depending on Christ to intercede, but spending, depending on the Spirit of God to help you. You can live a sanctified, holy life here in this wicked old world among all the wickedness that is in our world. You can do that. You can. God promises because the Spirit of God, He says, if we walk in the Spirit, we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I've pointed out in the past 
that that not there in Galatians 5.16 is a double negative. Bad English, awesome Greek. When there's a double negative in Greek, it doubles the strength of it. A double negative in English negates it and makes it bad English. So he's saying, you cannot, it's impossible, you cannot fulfill the lust of the flesh if you're walking in the Spirit. That means every time I sin, every time I lie or have a bad thought or do something I shouldn't do, I'm not walking in the Spirit. Because it's impossible to walk in the Spirit and do that. But he said, if we walk in the Spirit, it's impossible to do those things. So staying close to God. Now, it's amazing. This is one of my frustrations, and perhaps it's yours too. It's amazing how quickly I can go from walking in the Spirit to walking in the flesh. Almost a blink of an eye sometimes. It's a shame. It shouldn't be that way. But the stronger our walk is, depending on the Spirit of God, leaning on Him, depending on Him, He says, you will not walk in the flesh if you walk with me. And that is a blessing. So we have the Spirit of God to help us. Another thing that God has given us is a wonderful blessing. And I mentioned these verses a moment ago. He always chastens us when we sin. He always chastens us when we sin. That is an amazing blessing. Now, I, I remember many times as a child, I was a, I was a bad little boy, all right? but I had a good dad. And he always dealt with things properly. All right? And my, my bottom felt it. All right? I, I knew that I, I deserved it. I, no way would I point my finger at Dan and say, Dad, that was not nice. No way. I deserved every bit I got, probably a lot more than I didn't get. Right? I deserved it. But chastening is for our good. And when God chastens us when I sin, that is a blessing. Because God's saying, you can't do that. Don't you do that. That's wrong. Don't do that. And I go, yeah, you're right, God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then I can get right with God. He's keeping me close to him. But God says, let me read those verses to you. Hebrews 12, 7 and 8. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chastens not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. He says, every single one of my children, I will, I will discipline them when they get out of line. Now, folks, if you've been a Christian for any length of time at all, you know that when, when you step out of line, the Spirit of God is going to hit you and hit you hard and wake you up. You know, you get out of line, you do something you shouldn't do, and the Spirit of God says, you can't do that. What are you doing? Think about that. That was wrong. Oh, it wasn't that bad. No, that was wrong. Well, I wasn't doing And he just keeps saying, it's wrong. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. Why does he do that? Because he loves me. And he wants me to get back right. And if that never happens to you, that ought to scare the socks off of you. If that never happens to you, why doesn't it happen? He tells us in verse 8 why it doesn't happen. He says, if it doesn't ever happen to you, it's because you're not one of God's children. God says, I always discipline my children. And if I don't, it's because you're not mine. That ought to scare you. Rightfully so. You need Jesus Christ as your Savior if, that, if he's not chastening you when you do wrong. But So that's a wonderful blessing. The first blessing is the Word of God can help us. Secondly, that, the, that Christ intercedes for us. Thirdly, that He gives us the Spirit of God to help us and strengthen us. Fourthly, that He chastens us when we step out of line. That is awesome. That's a blessing. Number five, 
We couldn't live without this one. God cleanses us when we repent. 1 John 1, 9 is such a joy. I, I, I don't know about you, but I sometimes feel like I wear out 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When the Spirit of God says, you can't do that, that's wrong. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to fall on my knees and say, Lord, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Would you wash me clean? Forgive me. And when I do, what's he do? He makes me clean again. He makes me righteous again. That's amazing. That's wonderful. Why does he do that? Because he wants me to live a sanctified life in a dark world that needs a light to shine. And he does the same for you. That's what God does to all of his children. He wants us to shine brightly in this old dark world. So let your light shine. We've got God's divine help to do these things. Present sanctification involves Christian growth. Last week we talked about spiritual anorexia and spiritual bulimia. If you weren't here last week, didn't hear that message, I strongly encourage you to listen to it on on our website. It was all about our need for the scriptures to spend time with God. Those with spiritual anorexia, they don't spend time reading the Bible at all. They They can't handle the Bible. They just kind of spit it back out. They don't want the Bible. They stay away from the Bible. Those with spiritual bulimia, they vomit it back up. They hear it, they're convicted, and they think, yeah, I should do something about that. I don't want that anymore. Get rid of that. I don't want to do that. And they never apply it. never changes their life. doesn't help them any. God wants us to grow. Bible study is the key to present sanctification. If you're going to grow in your sanctification, you're going to have to spend time with God. There's no other way around it. We must also abide in Christ. But making certain that there's nothing between our soul and the Savior. We sang that song this morning. Nothing between my soul and the Savior. Not of this world's delusive dream. God says, don't let anything between you and God. Don't let there be anything there. And you look at your life right now. If there's anything in your life that is standing between you and your Savior, you need to get it right. Because God doesn't want that there. He wants you to be sanctified. He wants you to be set apart. Now you're positionally sanctified if you truly know Him as your Savior. But He wants you to be growing in your sanctification in your daily life. Every day, growing closer to God. Becoming more like what Christ wants you to be. Because God positionally sanctified every Christian, He will hold us accountable on Judgment Day. The judgment seat of Christ is for believers. It doesn't have anything to do with heaven and hell. It has everything to do with reward or rebuke. And one day we're going to stand before Jesus Christ and give an account. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done. Catch this last phrase. Whether it be good or bad. He said, we're going to give an account to God, whether it be good or bad. God's going to evaluate my life. He knows every time I've tripped and fallen and not gotten it right, everything I've done that shamed him, everything that I've, he knows all those. He's going to evaluate my life. First Corinthians chapter 3 describes it as a building process. 
and how each believer is building their spiritual life. Putting the blocks on. Today I put a block on. I'm not going to put a block of gold, silver, precious stone. I'm going to put a block of wood, hay, or stubble. It'll just get burned up in the judgment. It's up to me. It's up to you. It's a building process. One day we're going to stand before God and sadly, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he describes many Christians that will stand before God as one who escaped a fire and have nothing left. I remember many times, I shouldn't say many, there was more than one, sadly. I remember one family, especially in a, as I was growing up, most of the homes in America are made of wood. In the wintertime, many people would heat with wood. Heat. Fires were common. One family in the middle of the night, their house caught on fire. And somebody woke them up and aroused them. They got outside in their pajamas. They're standing in the snowbank outside in their pajamas and watched their house burn to the ground. They lost absolutely everything. And that's what Jesus said is going to happen to some Christians. They're going to go through this life. They've lost all their opportunities to serve God. They haven't, been, they haven't had a progressive sanctification. Their light wasn't shining at all. Oh, they're positionally sanctified if they truly know Jesus as their Savior. But they haven't been living it. They've been ignoring the chasing of the Lord. They've been not doing what's right. And they're going to stand before God as if they'd gone through a fire and lost everything. Saved yet as by fire. Sad. Don't let that be you. How you live this life right now will determine how you will fare on Judgment Day. Run to win. Run to win. You don't have to be a failure. Run to win. That's what Paul charged us to do. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. And he's encouraging all of us to do that. Run to win. But then that brings us to the third aspect of sanctification. And I've, I call that perfect sanctification. Some call it final sanctification. Perfect final sanctification is when Jesus Christ calls us home. We leave the old world now. And we can enter his presence in heaven and never again to be tempted by sin. Never again to fall into temptation. Never again to cave in. Never again to do wrong. But to live a godly life for all eternity with God in heaven. Perfect sanctification. No longer in the wicked old world. That's our goal. That's our Desire, that's our passion, that's what we're looking forward to. However, perfect sanctification will one day be a reality. You know, that's a long, it seems like, well, when is Christ coming back? I don't know. But when he does, one day we're going to be with him in heaven. We're going to be with him in heaven, no longer in the world. Leave the old world behind. Leave all the sinfulness behind. I think if there's one thing I'm looking forward to, maybe to my shame, I say, I, 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 I should be looking most of all to seeing, seeing Christ in heaven. That, that ought to be my major passion. And I do desire to see Christ. But I sure do desire to get rid of the sinful nature. <laughs> no more temptation. No more desire for evil. To get rid of sin and temptation forever. What an absolute awesome joy that will be. 
And that's perfect sanctification. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians in chapter 5 and verse number 23 of 1 Thessalonians. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I want you to be sanctified wholly. That's the perfect sanctification. One day we're going to be sanctified perfectly, wholly in heaven. And that glorious day, the believer will be like Christ. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. Will be conformed to his image, Romans 8, 29. Christ will be then present, uh, will, will then present him faultless in his presence for his glory. Jude chapter 1, verse 24. And he will free, he will be free from every spot and wrinkle, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27. Glorious day coming. We've got a wonderful future ahead of us. We need to focus on that. So today, as you think about this, I hope this little illustration has helped you to catch on. The positional sanctification is the day you got saved, Christ saved you and sanctified you and set you apart, and now you are his saint forever. Now he wants you in this life amongst the world that we live in. He wants you to shine as a light in this old world, to let your light shine. And that you might be a testimony to the world around you. Let them see a Christ in you. Let them see difference in your life. Let them see your life has been changed. That's progressive or present sanctification. And then there's the day coming that we'll leave this old world and we'll enter heaven. We'll be with the Lord forever. And that is the permanent sanctification, the perfect sanctification, the final sanctification. And that's what we look forward to. So I challenge you this morning. Look at your life. Have you been born into God's family? Have you, has he given you new life and you used to be an old rough, rough block and he's now made you a new person in Christ? Has that happened? If not, that's what needs to take place first. You need to trust Christ. You need to receive all that he did for you and become a saint in God's sight. Once you've done that, has, you have a responsibility then to let your light shine. And progress in your sanctification. Grow closer to Christ. Become more like Christ in your life. And then one day, Christ will rescue you with all the rest of us and take us to glory. And we will be receive our perfect sanctification. What a joy. As you think on these things, if there's anything in your life right now in this whole world that we're living in, things that you know are not right between you and God, now's the time to deal with it. Now's the time to confess it. Now's the time to forsake it. Now's the time to let Christ change your life and make you a new person and give you the victory. You have the Word of God to help you. You have the intercession of Christ to help you. You've got the Holy Spirit of God living in you to help you. You, you have got all these things working for you. And He, he is also chastens you to help you to do what's right. And He is there to cleanse you when you confess. You can do it. You can't.